recording has started, and now we are doing our podcast for Dwarf Fortress Talk. <laughs> this is Brainseeker and our illustrious leader, Tarn Adams, also uh, here, known as Tody One. Here I am, and I've got a I've got a cat on my lap. I don't know how long that's going to last. Uh, he's, he's a very violent kitty. He is a violent kitty. He's being so good right now. I'm rubbing his little chin and stuff. He's he's being so relaxed. This is very unusual. This is more a wintertime thing because uh, he needs to steal heat from somewhere. There you go. But uh, Stealing heat is good. But, now, I wanted to start this episode um, kind of shamelessly promoting myself. I have um, in need of a job, and so I'm looking for work, and, and if you guys know of anything, please contact me, Rainseeker, via the forums. It would be really great. Um, looking for podcasting work or editing work, for games, for um, movies, for whatever. Anybody out there, we have an intelligent audience, it would be great if you could help me out. So, that being said, um, we are splitting the podcast into two segments today. Um, one segment is Tarn and I, and the second segment will be Captain and Tarn. We um, are having trouble scheduling, coordinating <laughs> our schedules, and that is putting it mildly. Yeah. Um, so we we um we will do our best to make an awesome podcast for you anyway. That's right. So uh, I guess we should give uh, we should give the captain an opportunity to say uh, hello again, uh, like last time. And me, Captain Tastic. So that was uh, amazing. Thanks, Captain. You, you just beamed your voice straight in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always, it's always good when uh, when when people can travel through time. That's right. That's right. So today, what we're going to talk about is dwarven personalities, and not just dwarven, but I guess um, personalities in Dwarf Fortress and and how that's going to look. Um, I wanted to, before we get into it, to briefly ask you, Tarn, what you see as the mentality of the dwarf. <laughs> well, dwarves always, I mean, they, they seem to me, they always seem like, um, people that are, that are, are, I mean, I wouldn't say they're more flawed than people, but they have, uh, they, they're, they're amplified in certain ways that, that make them, uh, that, that, that make them seem, I mean, they're, they're more I- immoderate in a way, right? They, they'll, uh, They'll give, they're given to, um, to, to boozing and, and, and emotional outbursts, but they're also, uh, they're also geniuses in, in their, in their crafts and so on in general and they put their mind to things. So they're, they're, they're slightly, slightly unhinged right. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, savants in a way. So it's, it, it's, it's kind of these, these amplifications of these, these human traits, um, so it's it's like it's like they're like um, they're they're more human than human, like like replicants and stuff. We should have a danger in the fortress that if your dwarven community gets too happy, they start dancing a lot <laughs> instead of tantruming. Yeah, well, the, their parties are so disappointing right now. They just kind of hang out. It's 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 like these like a tea social or something. They're just like 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 oh hello, how are you? Oh, that's very nice. Ugh. It's, it's That's com- a nice Earl Grey you got there. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely out of character. I mean, I sit here talking about how they're how they're 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 kind of like these temperance movement movement right. rejects and stuff that are should be stumbling around drunk, but you know how much they drink at those parties. 
Right. It's only Custis if one of them. <laughs> it's only if one of them like happens to be carrying a beer barrel. Will there be any one of those? Any anyone bringing alcohol to the party or whatever? <laughs> and it's it's uh, it's it's completely, um, you know, and they're just as likely to 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 accidentally carry a rock or something. Uh, so it's 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 something that we've we've always wanted to work on, but it never never happens. Um, beer should be spilling everywhere. You know, if you puddles of beer and booze and other. Things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 a bit of bit of violence, some training accidents, and so on. It, it's it's, uh, and I, I'm perhaps uh, perhaps uh, all all kinds of raucous uh, singing and and so on. Uh, maybe if you're if you're looking at that part of the screen, you'll be able to get get announcements, uh, song lyrics and stuff. Uh, <laughs> That's right. That's right. People <laughs> writing songs, referencing uh, earlier happenings in the fortress. Okay, so our our dwarves are existing in this world, and right now they have a very flat personality. They're either happy or sad, and they have some tags <laughs> that tell us if they're lazy or greedy or yeah, yeah, kind of these these wishy-washy tags. It's like, well, he's yeah. not a liar. He just doesn't do things in a straightforward way and right. stuff exactly. like that. Yeah, and and uh, the only thing that, that that they seem to be really dead is like they hate rats or they really, really, really like the color blue. That's right. Uh, but but yeah, yeah, they've got they they've got the uh the kind of yes no am I happy sad and then and then these um these kind of um strange uh uh modern personality readings. Um I once had a had a uh had a mayor that went out and bought every single scepter that was for sale. <laughs> and uh, he had them all over his room. He, he did, never packed them away. He just left them lying about his room. He was, he, was a, uh, he was a junkie. I couldn't help him. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if we, I mean, <laughs> you could add, like, what they like about scepters. I mean, maybe maybe it, it, it made the dwarf feel powerful or something. <laughs> exactly. Surround himself <laughs> with these... Uh, Symbols of rulership, or yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But um, <laughs> you don't need more than a few. You know? No, you really don't. <laughs> I mean, unless they're for symbolic reasons, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't. The Saturday scepter. It is the weekend. <laughs> oh, it's true. Yeah, you never, you never can, you never can uh, have too many scepters when it comes to fashion. It's like sunglasses or something. That's right. Um, so yeah, it's too bad we don't have like rotating scepter holders and and stuff for the for the poor guy. I just had them leave them stacked with his own personal filing system. Right, they need to but, put feathers in their caps <laughs> and leopard skin, you know, and coats and strut around and let the dwarven women hang on their arms. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So <laughs> so uh, we never can have too much of that. Um, <laughs> but but it's it's uh yeah so so it should should um um well I guess that's I mean we can make fun of it but that really is the only thing they have going for them personality wise uh right now uh there there's kind of their propensity to get angry or something that that uh so so you do you do get more tantrums out of certain dwarves and uh some some minor effects like you may notice that certain dwarves don't go to parties that often that that's uh that's due to their personalities, hmm. but uh, it's it's like a, I remember I remember Footkerchief bringing this up that that a lot of the I mean there are there are quite a few effects in there but you don't you don't really know a lot of it's happening because it doesn't really tell you about it yeah so that's that's certainly one of the things we're um, we're we're going to get at but 
before um I've, I've been kind of hesitant to really um jump in to the the personalities after I went through all the trouble of adding those 30 personality facets or whatever um I found myself kind of hesitant to do it because they don't they don't have the feeling of a of a finished um a finished system because they don't they don't kind of get at the heart of uh of of what a person's like um the things that the things that would stand out about about a person where where you, where you say this person well I like this person this person's a, a a good person or this person's a bad person we speak in absolute terms but there are some things that that kind of fundamentally suck or don't suck about people and we don't have any of that um and I think I think um I think that's that's uh that's that's kind of what's missing and 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 what we've been thinking about a lot so we're looking forward to having a more robust, you know, uh, tag system, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what, what also is what we've been talking about off air, uh, is this idea of having, um, events that shape a person's life. So you have the, the, uh, nurture side of things. So, um, maybe you could address what you're thinking about doing for that. A person, when they're, this has come up in the, the suggestions forums before, that it's like, it's like, you're born with every single little facet of your personality mapped out right now. It's right, like, right. It's it's like, leopard meat as soon as he's born. Yeah, it's like they haven't opened their eyes yet and they know what colors they like or whatever. And, and, uh, <laughs> it's, it's very strange. Uh, they haven't seen animals yet and they know which animals they like. They haven't, they haven't tasted uh, anything yet and they know what they like to eat. And that's quite curious. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so when you, when you have, when you have things like, um, like extra tags or the, the, the preferences we currently have, and, um, there's nothing like a propensity for certain, certain skills right now. Um, and there's, there's, uh, there's no idea about if, if a dwarf actually had the choice to do something with their life, there's nothing that says, like, what do I want to do? Um, it would be nice if we had those things, and then it becomes a kind of uh, nature-nurture question there. Um, in in dwarf mode, you can only um, do so much because the time frame is limited. There's there's children growing up, but it takes uh, it took 12 years um, to get to get a grown-up uh, child from nothing. But... Um, there, there are other, other places, uh, where we can do it. I think you brought up, um, world generation. There, you certainly go through the entire person's life and now we go, uh, for a lot of things we go on a weekly scale. So there's a whole lot of, a lot of time that they spend being children, a whole lot of event phases and a lot can go on there. And so if we want to go away from the, uh, go away from the kind of pre, pre pre-generated approach and move to, um, to to uh something where 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 you have uh a person's preferences being based on uh not only what their civilization has available but what what ha- what's gone on in their lives and i mean this this goes beyond um just growing up because once you're a um once you're an adult this can change as well uh you you might you might experience a new thing or have something uh horrifying happen and it could change it change them a bit. I mean, we were toying with the idea of it, uh, of and this is this is something I think came up in the future of the fortress is is uh, what about um, adventure mode too? <laughs> it's like right. you have a character, right? And your character's personality is an interesting thing because 
you 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 might want to role play a specific kind of person and you might want it to recognize you as that person but you also might not want to be constrained in any way especially when it's the computer that's trying to do the thinking for you because a computer uh can't judge intent very well and it can't it also can't judge the entire situation so that if it's perfectly rational for you to do something that it says is an immoral action that's perfectly perfectly moral action or something or a perfect action that that say operates against greed and the but the computer thinks it's a greedy action that mm. might be taking something that you're going to give to someone else later something like that right? right uh that the computer can't judge properly then you don't want the computer to be in the position of making those judgments because it's just going to screw up your game right. at the same time there's there's room for things like um like specific needs and likes and things like like it's okay to say your character likes the color blue or something because you can you can fairly measure that like whether or not there are blue things whether or not your clothes clothes are blue right uh what kind of gems are set in your 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 little your little uh, dagger or whatever and then that that could be something that it that it fairly measures, and so you could become subject to that if you want. If you want to create a character with those kind of likes and dislikes, or a character that likes certain food, that maybe you get you get only you're only operating at peak capacity if you've had uh, some sewer brew in the last uh, week or something. Um, it, that that's a that's a reasonable system I think might um might amplify uh, role playing quite a bit. Especially when it comes to um, the kind of problem you get in in role playing games when you start accumulating wealth, but you have no uh, need to use it and no want to use it the same way that you would in real life. But if you if 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 a good old uh, night of debauchery or something is actually something that 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 rewards your character's uh, um, uh, you know, constant <laughs> needs or whatever and makes you operate at peak capacity and kind of makes you feel like you're playing your character, right? And you get rewarded for it, uh, by having a satisfied, happy character. Then that, I think that all, that all would work out and it wouldn't, wouldn't really fly in anyone's, uh, face yeah. in terms of, of being disappointed. And, or at the very least, letting your party members do that. Certainly, certainly. <laughs> it's always good to have to corral some guy, <laughs> pull him out of the bar or whatever, uh, set him in bed. It'd be good to be, be able to rent a cottage then, so you can stash him somewhere. Um, funny, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so it's and 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 it's a thing like if if you don't really want to worry about that, right? Like right now, you have to worry about drowsiness, and you you're definitely going to have to worry about hunger and thirst later on in adventure mode. And if you, if you, if you like have to worry about, you know, did I have a plump helmet biscuit every week or something and, and you don't want to have to worry about that crap, the, certainly you wouldn't have to choose that in character generation. But if you want to choose it in character generation, it would be to, a way to, to, uh, to do further role playing or whatever. Um, and, and it would be a way to, to kind of have the computer do the bookkeeping part of your role playing. Right. Uh, and I don't remember exactly where I came out on this because this was a feature of the fortress question before, and I, I I don't remember if I I was probably a little more against it or more tentative about it, but I think I think um, I think it can work. Mm. So that would certainly be another another way to do it. Uh, the yeah, the part was yeah, go ahead. The, the adventurer growing up, of course, you have a backstory, <laughs> so you could create like these kind of. You know, uh, he's always he's always scared of goblins because his brother was kidnapped <laughs> by a goblin. You know, so your 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 character has a negative 
two to, you know, <laughs> some kind of check. Maybe you freeze in fear or something in battle or something terrible like that. Yeah, as long as it's, as long as it's in a, um, as long as it's in a kind of controlled environment where you can expect it. Like if you knew it happened when you saw goblins, that'd be cool. Right. I mean, it's, it's the kind of thing like general terror or something like, 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 um, that, that kind of bugs me. It's like you're, you're not, allowed to act because the game says you're afraid or whatever <laughs> it's like right. you spend all this time going to find the dragon and then it's like no nah, you're just scared sorry yeah. it's like but you spent two years trying to find it, it like <laughs> worked up a little nerve or something but uh so 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 that that kind of that kind of gets to, to uh, uh an additional part of the 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 overall personality rewrite which would be um, an emotion system and in adventure mode emotions are a tricky thing because you really don't want to Get too far ahead of yourself there, um, getting into the player's head. Whereas if it's if it's just doing some helpful bookkeeping for you with your favorite hobbies and stuff, right. uh, that's that's actually a really good thing. But if it's if it's if it's actually trying to force you one way or another based on its its um its uh, what it thinks you should be feeling, that's quite strange. Right. But once you get to the other guys, um, then emotions are are a great thing because. Uh, Right now we just have this kind of descent, slow descent into into unhappiness and despair and psychotic breaks for the poor dwarves, <laughs> and that sucks. Uh, so so I mean they should be able to just snap, throw a tantrum, and come back and 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 be be the happiest little dwarf um, that that they they uh, they could be having worked out their issues. But it it's it's kind of strange now how. Um, how it's only long-term despair and so on being tracked, uh, rather than rather than um, sort of short-term events. Um, so so there's there's uh, we're not we're not we're, this is this is there's some this is some distance in the future. So we haven't haven't really settled on a system there. We've just kind of been writing up um, lists of emotions and so on and trying to trying to think about uh, when they might come up or how how it might. Uh, affect uh, the, how the dwarves work and how we can just kind of get rid of the happiness variable overall. Right. So we've talked about in the past uh, inserting ourselves into a current a live legend uh, person you'll see in legends mode. Uh, I think it'd be really fun if we could, in in you know generating our adventure, or we could choose from some people that are interesting and have interesting lives, and that they've suddenly decided to become an adventurer. Yeah, I think I think the uh, there's there's uh, the the limiting factor there. Really, the only the only uh, big limiting factor there is that. The most interesting people have have the mechanics that are 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 farther away. <laughs> like if you want it to be, if you want to just okay, I want to be the 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 Lord of the Castle or whatever, right. then you you become a much less interesting Lord of the Castle in a lot of ways than the Lord of the Castle was before you took them over because you can't uh, you can't really order people to do anything or give people quests or anything like that. So, but <laughs> but I think I think with the uh, with the coming um, with the coming caravan stuff, uh, there's actually some some good opportunities there because we'll have these merchants moving around, and 
they're not going to be really any more complicated than than you'd be if you were doing the same thing. So if you if right. you were if you were to say like and 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 in addition, they don't have um uh they they don't really have any any um any bizarre skills or 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 any kind of situation that couldn't be handled in the regular character generation. So they're not really out of bounds mm. uh, in that way either. So it's just like there's a normal guy, you know, has some has some property or whatever, and is moving things around. But if you if you found that 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 person had, uh, you know, you you wanted to have that person's life, there's there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do that. I think um, it'd certainly be something that that would be qualified by a world generation option. I think so. You could be like you can do this in the world or not because. Uh, people might be tempted to uh, take over all the competition or whatever, and uh, right. jump in a river and then and then start playing. And there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. But 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 people have, have have mentioned in the past that that if you can if you can set it up in advance that you don't have that temptation, then uh, you 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 have a, a general state of calm is increased as you play. Then you know that you have to have to compete on fair terms. Um, and I think that's a reasonable thing, and it's there's really no no um, difficulty in setting that up. So I think I think we we might we might start getting getting that the uh, someone that's interesting to pick because you're um, if you if it, as it is now you'd 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 be able to pick a kind of nameless soldier in a castle, which is um, more or less pointless because you kind of start as that to begin with, right? Uh, or you can pick a peasant in a cottage. Which you could also do if you started with nothing. If you didn't assign your skill points, then you could be that person. But <laughs> the the merchants are interesting because they have a little. They have some assets. They have a they have a kind of interesting situation. They have a kind of gig that they're running, but it's nothing that you couldn't already attain. So it kind of be a sort of a sort of starting point if you want. Um, if you if you wanted to do that, um, of course. I mean, I don't I don't have a have a guarantee or a timetable on this because we have a, a lot to to do, but um, it would be this 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 is the the kind of time when we're starting to see some interesting things and we should start seeing that some more when we get like um, bandit leaders right. like if you have a group of bandits uh, that has a leader um, then you could you, you the second you can kind of order bandits to do things or like order your your little hirelings to do things. Which is not not that far off. That would be another another good um, a good starting situation. And um, I guess there there I mean kind of one other thing that goes with all of this is if you're starting as a pre-existing historical figure, I mean one of the main reasons you're doing that is because they have um, interesting things in their pasts, right? They have they have and and they also and they the and also maybe even more importantly, they have connections with people. Because when you start as an adventurer that's that's that you just make out of the out of out of the blue, you have a connection as like being a citizen of that site, but you don't actually have parents or anything like that. <laughs> so so being able to take over a, a a pre-existing person has that that kind of appeal to it. And um but one of the issues is that you'd want that to matter. Like if you, it, it would it would introduce being able to talk to your own father, which you can't currently do. And uh, once you have that ability, you you know you'd like to be able to respect that to some degree. Right. 
Hey, Dad, come with me and kill this dragon. Dad, no! <laughs> Dad, oh no, Dad. What have I done? Anyway, that's going to happen. Uh, yeah, then you could just tan your hide when you do something stupid. So it'll be great. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's interesting and it, and it, and it opens up, uh, that, that whole thing about whether or not we're even going to be capable of reproducing that scenario without that. Like if you, if you want to make a, an adventurer that isn't a pre-existing historical figure, but kind of give them a history and weave them into the world, that's a lot trickier than just finding a person that's good enough. And if we have a lot of interesting people in the world, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's good enough. I mean, it'd be kind of like, like one of those, um, JRPGs or something where you pick among the four different people or whatever starting out. Yeah. I want to be this guy, the the you know the orphan boy with the wooden sword or whatever, or I want to <laughs> be the the magic girl or whatever. And uh, you have choices, uh, so I guess it would be kind of like that, except they'd be they'd be different every time, so you wouldn't burn out so much. That'd be uh, that'd be kind of neat. So so yeah, no, I think it's I think it's an admirable way to 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 have a. Have a have an adventurer start. I mean, as long as you can do do the other stuff. So we have goblins in the world too. Are we going to be able to pick them? Um. So so the 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 um the only reason you can't pick them now is fill in the blank. I don't even remember. Um. <laughs> I, I I guess it was because um. The probably just because they're bad, the bad guys. That's not so much true anymore. So you're probably you're probably going to get that get that ability before before long because now in the in the current world generation, because there's not really enough political information, there's sort of this this uh, free trade commune thing going on, and there's migration. You end up with goblins in human towns and stuff, just kind of hanging out and living there, and you end up with um, the goblins don't eat anymore. Um, so the goblins, it's, it's funny when a human migrates to a, to a, to a goblin tower, they, uh, they're suddenly like, we need food. <laughs> and so they start buying food. They have to support oh. their, they have to support their human or whatever. So uh, the goblins are nonitarians. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nonitarians. <laughs> they said nonitarians. I thought it was like, so it had something to do with names or something. <laughs> But uh <laughs> eat your name. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, be a strange uh, game mechanic. <laughs> that would that would we'll have to that that'd be some kind of um some kind of magical thing or something like word eating. But uh but but uh but 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 so, so yeah there's there's this weird thing now and we're not sure how much we're gonna we're gonna um um dampen that kind of effect. Right, the kobolds don't get to move in, but that's because they can't communicate with people. Um, but the the right now the goblins don't don't have um, these kind of trouble because we we have we have wars. Like even when wars are on, people can still migrate around and and trade and stuff. So because um, it, it's not like there's these sort of national boundaries and people are are all kind of like gun ho and stuff. So it's it's a lot more fluid. But it's too fluid right now because people just kind of are all, you know, you'll get 50, 50 dwarves moving into the goblin place and 50 goblins moving over to the elves forest or something. And it's just like, it's all, it's all really happy right now. Uh, so there's gonna, there's gonna be some, some dampening of those, those, um, those effects, but we really, we really want it to be able to happen. Now the, uh, the, the goblins, when you look at their, um, uh, their raw definition, they have, uh, 
certain personality flaws. Um, they're kind of all sociopaths in a sense because they don't, they don't feel, um, they don't feel any kind of, um, Remorse. Alt- altruistic feelings. They don't, ah. they don't, the, the, the thing we wanted for goblins is that they don't get that kind of buzzy, happy feeling that you get when you, like, do something nice for someone else. Mm. Um, and so, so that, that, that has a large impact on their, uh, their society. So, so that, that having that kind of person in town, I mean, that person could be a productive member of society or whatever for their own, for their own purposes. Right. But they'd also be, like one of those questionable individuals in town where you're like, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't really feel like, um, like, um, they've got your back in every way or whatever. <laughs> um, and th- th- this is one of the issues, in fact, with the new personality, with the old personality system or the, the current personality system is, is that, you know, we wanted to judge goblins a little bit. <laughs> right. And the only way we found to do that was by zeroing out the altruism meter. Um, but we would, we would, we would love the ability to, to judge them more. <laughs> and that's why we're going to add all these kind of more traditional sort of virtue vice type things, uh, that can kind of get at, get at the, the, the heart of what it means to be a rotten individual. And then not go full bore with it for the goblins so that goblins, some of them can still, could, could still, for instance, live in a, live in a human town and, and be functional and really have to worry about unjustified xenophobia more than they worry about, um, how rotten a person they are. Yeah. But, um, but the, uh, or I call it semi-justified xenophobia because on the whole the goblins are kind of bad. But, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the, the, uh, we, we want that kind of freedom and we don't really have it right now. So, so, uh, and it, and and it and it contributes to the the difficulty of ironing this out, where we'll just have to put in some hand wave that's like, well, they don't really live there a lot in those human places, and they hardly ever 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 live in an elf place, but sometimes they do or whatever. Right. Um. And and so it's it's the um, there have to be conditions probably for that to happen. Yeah. It's just gonna there's gonna be some some placeholdery crap until we get through uh get through it as usual, but. We, we do like the fact that the, that all, everything's become way more smudged. Um, and, uh, mostly in the towns, the, the countryside doesn't really have this happen so much because there's not a lot of, um, migration the other way, uh, mm-hmm. into like, like a goblin that wants to go start a farm or something. I mean, sir, that's, that's not to say that couldn't happen in real life. We just haven't really worked at that. Most people are moving to the towns to increase their populations and so on. Yeah, I've noticed most goblins are not naturalists in real life. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the few I know. <laughs> and now it's time for our question segment, which is kind of miscellaneous, but um, we're going to address Argambarger. Argambarger. Will dwarves someday recognize and seek out things that give them happy thoughts? Um, I guess that's the gist of his question. Yeah. So, um, it, 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 it's overall kind of a difficult, difficult thing. You, 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 if you, if you're trying to associate, um, some, some event, uh, and the gist of the question when you, when you go through the, the whole paragraph is like, can you, can you associate a, 
a specific event or location where they had happy thoughts or 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 a whole series of events to get them to do that again and that that's 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 pretty hard hard to do um i mean there 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 are minor ways like the things they already do like just go get their favorite food or whatever i mean that's kind of the really simple stuff so it would it would it would be um it would be difficult to kind of do that sort of conditioned behavior like um um, whether, whether, uh, like, like going through some, some complex series of events to get them to do something happy. But if, if they had just, um, there, there are things like, like enjoying rooms and stuff. They don't really do, um, that aggressively that they could, they could do more of. Like, especially when, when they walk by a door and they're like, oh, that's a great door. He really enjoyed that door lately. They'd never kind of go back there. It'd be cool if they had like their favorite place or their favorite statue or something. Um, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be neat. I think if like a dwarf, for instance, had, had a favorite statue, went to yeah. go view his favorite statue on occasion. Um, then that, that, that would, that would make it seem a lot more lively. Um, yeah. that's probably, that's probably as far as we'd get in terms of, uh, uh that sort of thing. And uh, I mean, the, the, there's, there's the, the kind of party stuff we've talked about before where they'll go. Uh, play their instruments and do things like that. There's certainly going to be more kind of leisure activities and stuff, but, but in terms of, of going out and specifically seeking out, um, places, that's, that's probably going to be the extent of it. Okay. So we have Last of the Light that wants to know about ruins. And with the new changes to adventure mode, are ruins going to happen basically? And, and, uh, if so, if we're still having them, can we colonize them with Dwarf Fortress? So ruins, yeah, ruins have gone, gone through a kind of degradation through the entire game. We used to have these kind of pyramids and they'd have zombies wandering around on them and you'd fight on the pyramid and, or you'd, you'd go into these, 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 um, these kind of, uh, uh, underground ruins, uh, that had these rooms that were kind of these random rooms and you'd fight zombies in them or whatever. And then we got rid of that. And then there were just kind of these ruined towns. And then you don't really see those anymore either. So, the 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 positive side here is that the new development page has a section for treasure hunters and that's when we're going to go back and make sure that we're getting the proper ruins um from old yeah that's right that's exactly and and the the uh from from older civilizations and we're going to go we're going to have to go through world gen and make sure that there's enough wars and famine and plague and migrations and so on to make sure that there are nice isolated hidden ruins and we're going to and then you'd be able to to go into those and in dwarf mode um Right now, all you can do is reclaim your previous fortresses. So there's a couple angles here. Once there are actual fortresses with maps, um, which would, would be another adventure mode thing, like mm-hmm. just being able to go visit a fortress, then opening up reclaim on those is a lot more legitimate. Right now we just can't do it because they don't even have maps. You'd be reclaiming a blank cliff, cliff face or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and there'd be nothing there. Uh, so once that's handled, then we can start doing that. And, and I like the idea of a historical reclaim. It's just kind of a start scenario, right? Um, and you, you shouldn't just be able to reclaim your old fortresses. You should be able to go, go to old ones. There's, there's, there's kind of a, um, 
The only downside is that, you know, maybe you'd be getting massive amounts of treasure you don't deserve, but then there should be um, proper uh, guardian beastie type things in trouble. Um, right. Or, or else it'll already be scavenged. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so there, there's, a, there's kind of a risk reward thing going on there that, that should naturally come out of how adventure mode works. And if the place is so isolated and hidden that, that there's treasure there with no, no one guarding it or whatever, then you probably wouldn't be able to reclaim it because you don't know about it or something. But, um, and, until someone finds a map or whatever. So, so that's, uh, that's, um, that's, that's the situation there. I think, uh, when it comes to other weird ruins, like the ruins of a, of a human civilization, I don't know if, if there's ever going to be like a dwarf mode colonization or claiming of that. It's kind of the, kind of similar to how you, you, you can't just settle inside a human town with a dwarf fortress anymore. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure. It's, it's certainly not as off limits as that. It would be, it would be a kind of legitimate thing. Um, you'd probably more likely find an adventurer making a bandit camp there or something, but if they can do that, there's probably no reason why the dwarves can't kind of go to an old human castle and set up a, uh, set up a mine underneath it or whatever. That's <laughs> kind of fun. Yeah. Especially if you went inside the castle before you started digging. Yeah, yeah, and you, you could, you could, uh, you could clean it up. It'd be a fixer upper. That's right. And you could rebuild the walls and kill the zombies and stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the skeletons in the closets. <laughs> yeah. So I have a question here from Andeers. Uh, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, his question is about your thesis, Tarn, which apparently he's read. And uh, his quote is, his, uh, question regards your graduate thesis, in particular this part. Tatiana Toro has provided me with guidance for many years. While I was at Stanford, she invited me to a conference at BIRS in Banff, <laughs> where I learned right. many things and met many interesting people. I was surrounded by toads in the mountains. It was fantastic. Would you care to elaborate on the story of being surrounded by toads? I suppose this is very appropriate. That's because right. Your screen name is Toady One for anyone who is. <laughs> Been living in a cave and and somehow downloaded this podcast on a lark. That's right. It seems strange to be surrounded by toads in the mountains, but the Banff is this this kind of resorty type place, but it's it's um, in Canada and there are lots of trees and mountains and things. It's a really really beautiful location. And during this math conference, I mean, we'd go and listen to people talk about math and stuff, but there'd also be time off to go just kind of hike around in the mountains and ride around on these uh, gondolas and stuff. And on the last day, uh, I went and just kind of walked off by myself off into the, uh, on one of the, the mountain trails and hiked up this little river valley and got to the top of this. Um, I mean, it's, it's, uh, this, 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 uh, this, this, um, this, uh, I wouldn't call it a mountain, I guess, just a little hill. I mean, we're in the mountains, but it, it itself is just because this tree covered hill. And I got to the top of it, and the the trail had been kind of narrowing and narrowing, and eventually the trail sort of dis- disappeared. And I was just stuck in the middle of these these kind of trees and couldn't really see where the trail was. And there's all these um, there's all these 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 trees, of course, surrounding me, and they had these giant grizzly bear <laughs> kind of 
slash marks on them, and, and people, you know, the, they, they always have these grizzly bear sightings up there and so on, and, and have grizzly bear warnings on different trails and stuff or whatever. And, uh, and so I was like, well, crap. <laughs> you know, now I'm stuck in the middle of the woods and, uh, the, the bears are scaring me or whatever. But then I looked down and there were all these toads. <laughs> it was just, there were all these little toads hopping around. They were everywhere. I was just like, this is really, really weird. And I'm surrounded by toads up in the mountains. And I just kind of wandered around and found the, um, I didn't, I didn't, I was kind of trying to stick with it. I could have just turned around and gone back down the trail, but I wanted to kind of, I kind of thought I knew which way I was supposed to go. So I went, went off in the trees for a while and eventually picked up the trail, just kind of reappeared, uh, way down the line. And, uh, then I went down the other way. Um, but yeah, there were just these toads sitting up on top of this, uh, this hill very strange. I don't know what they were doing up there. I didn't see any water. It was kind of a moist location. You kind of have these forest toads that hop around and stuff. But, yeah, it was very, very, very strange. No bears didn't get eaten. Yes, that that we're grateful for that. <laughs> and so, yeah, no, I got out of there alive, but I got to see my toads, so I was happy. We had uh, toads when I was growing up in, in California. We had uh, this artificial pond we put in our backyard. And the toads found it and colonized it. <laughs> and uh, that's how I... That's how I um, I got my name, uh, ah. was, uh, was, uh, Zach and I used to, uh, make little basic programs and we would, we would call them, um, Toady One the Great Productions, uh, because that's, that's what we named the pond production company. We wrote it in the concrete with our fingers at Toady One the Great Production in this pond where we were expecting some toads to show up, but not in the hundreds. They did show up in the hundreds though. <laughs> the pond, pond was always filled with tadpoles, and um, but we always we always called the early basic games. We called them. Uh, this was before we called them Bay Twelve games. We just called them Toady One the Great Productions. And uh, when I when I started up um, the web page, <clears throat> excuse me, when I started up the web page in uh, two thousand, uh, Zach and I were like, well, you might as well call yourself Toady One. And he had a guinea pig, so he called himself Three Toe, <laughs> and uh, we were happy with that. So. Uh, but toads, always toads, yeah. Well, that's it for my segment. Um, thanks for joining me, guys. I will see you next time. Um, Tarn will be now chatting with Captain Tastic. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Captain Tastic. Captain. Captain Crunch. That's no, right. no, no, no. No, oh, it's Captain Tastic. Tastic. That's right. Captain, Ta- Captain Crunch will be on later. That's right. Um, well, special guest host. That's right. To talk about cereal and how we're going to add cereal to the game. That's right. And also high fructose corn syrup. All all dwarves eat cereal with high fructose corn syrup. That's true. That's why they're um, beards. Well, they bad, that's why they have bad teeth, too. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if dwarves... Yeah, do dwarves have bad teeth? That's the question. Do they have to brush their teeth? We just added teeth recently, and now they don't have to brush them, so... Uh-oh. Um, yeah, we're encouraging. That's that's really the, the, the downfall of society. <laughs> Again, the the kids were spoiling the kids. Alatosis. That's right. Just stinky, stinky dwarves. <laughs> I mean, when I think of dwarves, I think that they their breath would be bad. I think they would have bad breath. Yeah, I mean, unless it it smells like iron or something, but but uh, I don't think it would. I think it would smell like um, booze and rotten mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. And rotten meat too. Yeah, lots of rotten little chickens and eggs and wool caught between their teeth. Exactly, because they're eating the sheep with the wool on right. still. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever else, the oil and the clay. 
That's right. Just like yeah. parrots. Parrots eat clay, don't they? They um, do. Yeah, yeah. So the dwarves are like that. Okay. <laughs> it, it kills the bacteria, apparently, and, and any toxins. Well, there's lots of toxins in the game that we aren't dealing with, like all the coal gases or whatever, all the horrible <laughs> things. And and you have forges underground. That can't be good. Yeah, and you can make lead goblets and drink out of them and have no <laughs> ill effect. That's right. And it's all because they eat the clay that we haven't added. <laughs> so we should. But, yeah, there are grasses. There are many, 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 many grasses. We just went online and looked up some grasses. Yeah. Tried to get them from different places of the world. Aren't some of them uh, a little bit more fantastic than your typical uh, Kentucky bluegrass? Yeah, yeah, there, 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 there are fantastic underground grasses, and there are fantastic evil grasses, and there are fantastic good grasses. Nice. Uh, well, we have the evil and good regions, so... Yeah, yeah, it should be, it should be, should be entertaining. The, uh, the, um, the screen gets a little busy right now. We'll have to tone down the, because uh, we added, um, alternate grass tiles so they're allowed to flip between things. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so right now, um, when you go to a, to a really evil place, there's all these wriggling worms and blinking eyeball, eyeball grass and stuff, and, and nice. they, they blink and wriggle. Um, the wriggling is a little too much, though. <laughs> so, so I'm not sure we're going to keep it at the, the same speed it's going now. And the uh, the the good regions are of, of like feathers and bubbles. <laughs> nice. <laughs> of and course, it should like clean you as you walk through it. That's right. No, it should smell nice. It should it should just be like walking through a bunch of toilet paper or something. Is there a moss? Like more more moss now? Is it just still just like the general is like moss? Oh well, yeah. Moss, moss could be done with this system. It isn't right now. Um, so we we could do the mosses because uh, moss moss you hardly ever see it. Yeah, I, I I think I forced it so that you see it in adventure mode when you go to the old um, the old shrines or whatever. Then you get a lot more moss. Um, but uh, in in the fortress, I don't know that you you get to see it that often. It still calls the code that makes moss grow in a fortress, but I think you have to somehow have hundreds of years pass or whatever. Yeah, it's like, like I remember someone posted a screenshot. It's like, yeah, I've been playing this fort for like 20 in-game years, and uh, <laughs> I have a moss tile now. <laughs> yeah, so so that that um that definitely needs a little bit of work because I think moss can grow faster than that. Um, so so so. But but the the grass system will work for anything. Uh, the the underlying structure just tells the block that it has a it has the the tile itself, like the trees and bushes, is linked to a a vegetation type and an amount, and it's just set up so that it doesn't have to track as much information as trees do. Like trees care if they're on fire. Um, and how long they've been burning. Grass just kind of, I mean, it cares that it's on fire, but it, it, it just kind of says, it randomly moves from place to place or whatever. It doesn't store as much information. Um, because it's, it's, it's prohibitive to, to store. And like the age, it knows how old the trees are. Um, but it doesn't know how old, uh, every, every blade of grass is. So things like moss, it could just use the same, the same structure to, to say what kind of moss and, and anything else like well, like when we do things like water lilies and and duckweed and stuff over the surfaces of um, 
of uh, lakes or something, or um, or the uh, uh, any number of things in tide pools and and uh, the shore and coral reefs and things like that. There's probably a lot of different ways we can use this. Um, should be handy. So, um, is the uh, what was I going to say? Um, so along with the grass, the grass is important for the uh, animals that chew the grass, correct? That's right. That's right. It, it stores it stores the grass uh, from from zero to a hundred, and the the um, the grazing animals chew up the chew up the grass, and um, and I, hopefully, I mean, grass kind of regrows. It regrows. Um, Every single time it gets hit with the regrow routine that would normally just change the soil tile into a grass tile, it changes the soil tile into a random grass type and adds 25 grass to it. And if it hits a existing grass tile, it adds 25 to it up to the limit of 100. So you have the grass kind of growing in, and it's in, it'll say sparse and then the grass type or dense and then the grass type. Depending on how much grass is there, so your 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 grass would be would be depleted as your your grazing animals are are walking around eating it, but it'd also be growing back. And so we just need to make sure the numbers work out vaguely right there, so that you can have a reasonable sized herd of like cows or other grazing critters, and uh, they'll deplete the grass, and the grass will come back, and and it'll balance at some reasonable number of animals. So it also means that if you if you try and keep your animals locked up in a teeny little pasture, they'll soon overgraze it and um, starve to death. So, so they you, have to eat. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to eat at least all the ones that are feedable. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like uh, I don't know what we're gonna do with animals like um, like cats and dogs uh, if they're gonna eat vermin or if they're gonna be feedable. Because uh, you don't want to be eat the same portions of food that the dwarves do, yeah. so maybe they won't eat it first. It's just going to be animals that you you can get a ton of food from for free just by having them breeding. Uh, you should have to take care of them a little bit. Yeah, human ranch mode. That's right. That's right. So you could yeah you so you'll just be a dwarf dwarf rancher <laughs> out on the uh, and in the mountain tiles there's there's this kind of alpine meadow area now in the mountain biome at low elevations. So there's grasses up there, so you can graze animals um, on the mountain tile, and it's it's all the little mountain species of grasses, just a few that we could find. And there won't be, but there aren't, there still aren't trees uh, or or large bushes, just these little grasses. And it's only when you get higher up in the mountains now that that the um, the the you just get rock. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I should change the color of the graphical map exports now. Come to think of it, but but uh, yeah, so so that 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 should um, that should be sufficient to control that, and then right after that, we'll get to the the finishing of chickens, and then vegetable oil and clay. Finally, uh, those will be kind of the uh, the 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 dwarf mode um, industry changes for this time, and then we'll flip back to. 
worrying about getting getting merchants moving on the map and and making the workshops and so on in the adventure mode towns to kind of uh, kind of get people linked up with their professions, what they're producing, all of the items that are now being stockpiled in world gen need to appear in the towns where they're at. And uh, it'll it'll have um, I don't know I don't know if they'll, they'll just they'll just be kind of distributed around between the backs of uh, the backs of workshops and little storerooms and people's houses and and uh, if there's if there's a some kind of if the the merchants have any kind of organization they'll probably have some kind of uh, little warehouse. You have like a cow, you know, just kind of like your normal cow. That's right. And then it eats like the the wriggling eyeball grass. Will there be <laughs> ill effects? <laughs> there could be at some point. I I don't. I still don't. Do we even have ingested poisons yet? I remember we don't. We don't. We have uh, syndromes. We have, we have the syndromes. We have the contact poisons. We have the uh, injected poisons. Um, I don't remember what else there is if we have in, 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 in ingested poisons, but, but, uh, so I don't think it would be really easy to add, but I don't think it's in right now. So right now they just kind of munch on the eyeballs despite the, you know, they're, they're not, they're not, uh, the eyeballs aren't, aren't exactly, um, rich in plant-like materials. Uh, it's more like eyeball. They're made out of eyeball tissue right now. They're just made out of eyeballs. It has it has a material associated to the grass, of course, and so there's there's the eyeball tissue, and the worms are made out of muscle tissue. Um, so so the cows shouldn't shouldn't it should be more like grass for cats to graze on or something. Yeah. Um, and uh, birds, there should be lots of little birds plucking up the worm grass, and uh, but yeah, right now right now it doesn't care. So the uh, yeah, you could just have your cows just out there like munching them. It might not be that way by the time by the time I'm I'm through, but but right now there's nothing. And uh, yeah, no, they should just be keeling over and dying, or the eyeball would, like stare at them and intimidate them or something. Yeah. Of course, the eyeballs are always staring, except when they blink. See, they're not always staring. Even if the even if the grass, it's called something like like staring eyeballs, but they still blink. They blink on occasion. Because you have to maintain the moisture of the eye to keep it at its peak efficiency. Yeah, that's why you gotta water it daily. Hmm. <laughs> I guess that's what the rain is for. Maybe they all look up and don't blink when it's raining. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and who knows? Maybe maybe when you pluck eyeball grass out of the ground, it's like attached to a little guy that runs away. That could happen. Yep. Yep. There's all kinds of possibilities. All kinds of possibilities, but right now it's just a grazable, grazable, munchable eyeballs. It's like Fear Factor or something. Some sort of weird food. You'd be like, you know, in some alleyway, and there'd be like a food stall, and it's like, hey, try this. And you get like a <laughs> like a stick, and it's got like some kind of fried crispy stuff and like an eyeball. Yeah, I guess that's what dragons are for. They can kind of wander around the evil region shooting fire and just kind of frying a whole bunch of worms and eyeballs. And, uh, yeah, then you just need the goblins to come around with little sticks. Yep. And make little shish kebabs. Shish kebabs. 
the economy for dwarf workers makes perfect sense. Yeah, and the feathers, feathers, feathers are are sensible too. Going to the feather grass and plucking the nice. It's 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 not just feathers. It's not like flight feathers because that wouldn't be a good region. Uh, it's downy. It's called downy downy grass. So it's yeah. it's downy feathers, nice fluffy fluffy chicks, chicks, and and you 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 can roll around in the the thing, and it's like it's just nice and comfortable. And then there are the little bubbles. I'm not quite sure what bubble bubble the bubble grass is, but it it's it's bubbles. And because uh, bubbles are good, yeah. And so, so I don't know what you can do with bubbles. You could, you could presumably do something with bubbles. Yeah, they're called bubble bulbs. Bubble bulbs and downy grass and staring eyeballs and wormy tendrils. <laughs> there you go. Nothing but fun. Nothing but fun. But, but um, yeah, those are the only ones we added because you know why overdo it. Uh, it's already overdone. When you see the wriggling screen, it's quite scary. You'll you'll definitely just want to dig your fort down, <laughs> and so you don't have to go back up there. Yep. Then you track seeds in, and well, I imagine it's like the thing. Yeah, I guess you'd have you could have dwarves kind of crowd surfing over the warm grass or something. Just gotta get moved around. I mean, I'm not quite sure how big they are. If they're as big as fingers, or maybe they're bigger, like big snakes or something. Without without biting mouths, although you could do snake grass too, I suppose, um, or leech leech grass that just latches on, latches on, and just sucks your blood, and then you you don't go there anymore, or anywhere else. So yeah, the, so the grass is intriguing. As 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 much of a of a side excursion as it was, it's it's fun to have grass gone because it was one of those things that was just said grass. And it it didn't it didn't really add to the game um, at all, but now now it can now you can do all kinds of things. And with the with the numeric amounts, we 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 can have things later like like clipping the the grass to make hay, and then you could bring your animals in for the winter or something. Um, so we're not we're not sure what the what the exact prognosis of that is just because it's not quite done yet and then we'll see if animals are starving or freezing to death outside during the winter and then you're going to pull them in but um if if uh if you need food then for them they're all just sitting inside starving then we'd need to add hay making which would be easy enough just have a dwarf go go outside and pull up a bunch of grass tiles for you Take a bundle of hay and drop it in some kind of um, pile for the for the animals, and then the animals will all just kind of hang out there and eat their hay. It's be nice, nice for the happy animals. Everyone's going to be happy. There's all kinds of happy animals and chickens. Chickens going to their nest boxes and laying eggs and things. Yeah. I'm not sure about them if they're gonna if they're gonna eat or not. Um, they could, I, I mean, I, I, they, I, they could either have some kind of, just, they pick up bugs from the ground or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a certain bug density. I mean, we already have kind of searching in adventure mode where you search for worms and beetles with the, the, the search yeah. the ground carefully. Found, command. found worms. That's right, you find worms and beetles. And so, so, and then it doesn't let you search again. It says you've already searched this location or whatever. But that's that's just a specific event for adventure mode saying you've already searched this location recently. But but the the map might need an overall kind of 
worm density or worm presence, meaning just any kind of small microscopic, not microscopic, but but microscopic effectively because you can't see them, vermin, uh, and uh, then then the chickens could reduce that or other kinds of grazing insectivores or something. And then there's chickens eat all kinds of crap though, I guess. So so uh, we were thinking also of. Um, Having the 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 press cakes from when you when you when you run like your 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 rock nuts through the oil press and make make some kind of dwarven vegetable oil, uh, you you get you you the 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 after product there is a press cake which I guess can be used for animal feed, so you could have um, that could somehow be scattered uh, in the in the um, the chicken. The chicken yard there with the, yeah. the the pen slash pasture thing, the zone where you store them like you store the cows. Um, so that could be another fun thing for the farmer dwarf to do is go grab his grab his crap or just grab seeds if you have excess seeds and um, just scatter them uh, in the in the yard for the chickens to eat. Yeah, just have to maintain your chickens, maintain your cows and your your pigs, goats, goats. There's all kinds of new animals. So you wouldn't be able to like assign like an area, it's like a make like a fenced in area and just like assign like this is chicken zone one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 like it's it's just like a meeting hall for animals. Uh and they don't they don't go there just because they want to go there. A dwarf needs to bring them first. But then they know it's their zone. I mean we don't we uh, at least I don't really have time right now just to do like herding code or something, like constantly herding the animal back. Seems like it'd be it'd be a hassle uh, for the poor dwarf because uh, the animals would just wander away immediately, and then some dwarf would have to hunt each of them down, and they, and they just keep coming out. So right now they just stay there; they don't need fences or whatever. But um, the the the, uh, the that might be changed later, and maybe you could have a dog help you or something. But yeah. but it'll 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 be be later. Uh, right now the the work. Um, time is spent just putting the animals there. That's the dwarf spending his abstract time as the days move quickly. Um, you're 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 kind of that. That's what counts for herding right now, or counts for collecting stray animals. And then they get put in their 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 pasture and they stay there. And uh, then you just have to make sure that they're grazed and fed and have uh, have nest boxes available if you want to breed um, chickens or raise or collect eggs. And um, so yeah, so that's that's uh, those are all little dwarf mode things upcoming. Industry. Industry. That's right. Well, yeah, new new little industries, uh, and new 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 new. Then then um, then we'll, the, the, I mean, most of what I've been doing so far is just that world gen stuff with the uh, with all of the the numbers being tracked now, tracking every little thing that's in every little place. And yeah, so now it knows, and knowing is half the battle, and the other half is actually doing something with this stuff, and which seems to take significantly longer than knowing. But it'll, it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll be underway. We might, we might do a series of releases or something, because I have a feeling that it's going to take a long time to finish all the stuff we 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 wanted to do uh, for the initial caravan. Arc because uh, we wanted them the the merchants moving on the world map. We also wanted them to go to the dwarf fortress and change all of the dwarf trading 
So there's there's quite a bit of uh, quite a few things. So once we finish the dwarf mode industries and uh, go back and set up the adventure mode towns with the workshops, we'll probably put up a release and then immediately after that go to making the merchants move around and so on. And once the merchants move around, then you can have the towns eating. And once the towns are eating, then um, then that's that's when stuff starts to get all crazy. Yep. <laughs> you have to worry about whole towns starving to death uh, just because the computer made a mistake <laughs> or whatever. So it should be should be entertaining. Um. But. Yeah, it'll it'll be it'll 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 be a while yet before all of that's done. So we'll probably try and slip something out sooner rather than later, just to um, say that we have a release because people seem to appreciate releases. That is true. I've never really quite understood that. <laughs> There are uh, collections of people that get built up larger than the villages. The villages are generally sized between 100 and 150 people. And there's migrations to the towns. The towns also get food from the villages. And so there's large collection of food in the town allows the population to be higher. And then there are uh, large towns. And the one of the big challenges that's that's definitely needs to be tackled is having towns that you can walk around in that have that many people um from what i could tell from the arena mode testing and so on uh adventure mode can handle you know several hundred people already without any without any tweaks Mm -hmm. but um there will be be several things there that i can do to uh because because a person is no different from a tree and there are there are already maps you can have like ten thousand trees or whatever, right? Uh, a person's no different from a tree if they're doing tree-like things, right? <laughs> so if they're just hanging out in their workshops and most of them are brain dead, most of them aren't even loaded because you only load a section of the town at a time. But for the ones that are loaded, if there are, if there are four or five hundred people loaded, and most of them are just brain dead, and occasionally it, they'll have like a schedule where they they're like, okay, I need to stop pretending to work in my workshop now, and I need to go um, and get some food or get some supplies or go to the market or whatever. Then they can do that. And when you're when you actually walk into their workshop, maybe not for this time, but later on, then it'll be like, okay, now I, now everyone in this building can kind of turn on and go go uh, go go handle their handle their business or or do what they. Do things inside their house that they that they should have been doing this whole time, but there's no point in showing them. It's yeah. only it's only you only need people to think when you can, when not just when you can see them because you want to keep the um, keep the keep up appearances, right? You want you want the the place to look as if it's it's bustling and look like everyone's thinking all the time, right? Yeah, you gotta have some excitement. That's right. So there'll, there'll be people walking around, enough people walking around on the streets and stuff to to make that interesting. And when when you walk into a house or when you leave, if people have been moving around objects when they work and so on, it's going to have to going to have to do something with that. Either those people will be allowed to work, which isn't which isn't really that intensive either, uh, because they're not. It's not like they're they're dwarf mode work where you where you end up walking 
uh, quite a bit sometimes. It says that's that's the thing that you really want to keep down. You can't have like 700 people pathing all over the map, but they won't be pathing all over the map. They've got everything they need in their workshop to work. Um, most of them shouldn't need to leave their workshops, uh, which double as their houses and so on, uh, for most of the day. Um, and they'll just occasionally have to, 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 to step out. But, uh, all in all, it should be, should be manageable to have towns that size. And then there'd just be towns that size, which is nice, uh, to have that many people, um, be in a place. And the only time where, where you get a little bit worried about, about the, the, the frames per second and so on is, um, when you have like, Later on, when you have dragon attacks or something, and suddenly everyone needs to have it needs to be concerned. Yeah. <laughs> like, why am I in this town at this time or whatever? And um, and should I leave my house and run for the hills or whatever? And then we'll just have to do do group pathing or something to get everyone running away in the proper direction or something. Uh, so so it, it, it's 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 manageable though, and that'll that'll be good I think to have. And 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 to put everyone everyone will have their place that they live, which will often double as their place where they work, and uh, also the place where they 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 can they can sell what they're producing if they're that kind of person, and uh, then and and you'll be able to go to those places. So 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 the the shops in adventure mode are going to get revamped um, to to be so that that things make more sense. We have. We have people with the proper professions working in the proper place, selling the proper stuff, and there can also be market stalls, in which case you'd have people coming in from the villages. Uh, and there's lots of people in the villages too. So if you have a town with 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 a thousand people, um, you know, there should be. I mean, I guess theoretically there should be, you know, some some eight or nine thousand people living around it. That's not how it works in Dwarf Fortress because we don't have uh, that much real estate. Um, or we can't have that much real estate, uh, people, that many sites. So the farming ratio, instead of being like nine to one or whatever, is, is more like, um, uh, two to one. And that's still, I mean, it's enough that you feel like that there's an agricultural life, right? There's, there's stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so what you can still have then is that on the, um, on the market days, when there's, when there's going to be the, the market stalls and things are all going to be, um, uh, taken up by people, people hawking stuff. Uh, you'll have a lot of people from the villages come into the town as well, and so it'll be bustling on those days, especially. You'll have you'll have lots of people, and then and and then you can ask people where they're from, and they can be like, "I'm from this village" or whatever, and then you could go visit them uh, at that village later on a day when they're not in town. So hopefully, hopefully that stuff uh, um, will all be going in um, over a few releases. Yeah, so there's, there's towns and 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 there'll be markets, and the markets will have workshops. There'll be people living in them. There'll be people coming in to uh, to to work there, and then uh, we'll have to manage the merchants arriving. Uh, so it's not just people coming in from the villages to um, to hawk things at the market, but then you've got the excess wares. That people have that will need to be um, need to be sold to uh, to people that are going to carry them to other towns, 
and and uh, sell them there. And then that, that that's that's one one type of trade that'll be going on. Just the people going around. Those are the people who will be coming to your fortress as well to sell you things that were produced in towns. And then there are the big fairs, which would happen say once a year, but last several weeks. And then you get people coming from all over the place to sell stuff. Yeah. And uh, you can basically we're thinking because of the uh, because of the time structure in dwarf mode, where dwarf mode is um, uh, the the year passes relatively quickly. That uh, it it might be more appropriate at least when you're a little bit larger to treat your your fortress trading more like a fair. Right? They come they come. Uh, at a certain time of year, and lots of people come, and you can also have a trickle of people coming, mm-hmm. and um, and and then then you'd be able to to trade in your depot with with various people and so on, and and uh, and it would have more of an annual schedule, and it would fit in with the rest of the uh, the world because it's going to be kind of weird when a merchant when a merchant arrives at your fortress, they they enter a sort of time bubble. Right, because they're normally racing all over the world, and they can go between two two um, two towns that are six tiles apart. They can just walk that in a day, like you can in adventure mode. Um, and but when they enter your fortress, suddenly it takes longer than a, a day to even get to your depot, <laughs> like walking on the map. Right. So 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 it's 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 appropriate for them to be trading on a time scale where. Um, it, where they they uh, where they have um, uh, where they're, 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 they're it should have taken them several weeks or whatever like it does with the fairs mm-hmm. and I mean it's still going to be off they'll still I mean they'll be saying for a whole season which is which is longer than they should be saying but but it doesn't it doesn't really matter that much it's it's like there's just a lag between. Uh, when your goods are produced and how soon they should get to the market. So I guess you, you, you can never really quite capitalize the same way other people can quickly, but, um, it shouldn't matter because you, you should, you should have, uh, um, some, some, uh, mineral gem type monopolies and monopoly on steel swords and all that kind of thing. So it should be fine. I mean, you're not, you're not supposed to be, uh, a major agricultural player because <laughs> you're just a fortress, right? You're not, you're not, you're not several villages with thousands of people all together, uh, farming big, big tracts of land and, 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 and selling all the produce. Uh, you're, you're more, um, you're more specialized than that and you're dwarves. So it's, it's not, it's not, those aren't the types of monopolies you should be shooting for. Although, as soon as you can get armies on the map, then you'd be moving at a different time scale again, and you would be able to to create um, worldwide economic trouble by exerting your force in places. So it's yeah. not it's not like it's not like you can't have that kind of influence. And I'm not sure we haven't really thought about sending out dwarven caravans and how that might work and how that time scale might work where. Uh, you'd you'd have them do something, and they'd be they'd be kind of off the map and on the map if uh, if it works yeah. um, in that time scale. So it's it's kind of weird. There's gonna be there's gonna be some some uh, some concessions made to the time scale where it doesn't they, it doesn't work quite the same way when you're playing dwarf mode or something. But but overall, there's there'll still be the the flow of goods and and so on 
that and and uh, all the all the um, the population. I mean, you'll actually see populations change a little bit if you if you manage to play a five or ten year fort or something. Then you should see changes in the world, uh, which will be good. So uh, yeah, I think I think I think it'll it'll all still still work out. And uh, the uh, the the towns themselves should also end up with um, with uh, places that that you might be able to like cottages you might be able to rent as a as a as a as a person uh, wandering in there. And there should be some ritzier places um, mm-hmm. for you to to wander into and and talk to people and take their things. Um, so, so it, it, yeah, we're we're getting started now, finally on 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 improving that whole situation, which was dire um, up until now. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that that that's that's still going to take a while. And like we were saying, we might we might split it up into into a few releases, but uh, yeah, all in all, I think I think that's uh, that's uh, that's. That's what we're looking forward to, and then there's the uh, and the 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 trade in dwarf mode uh, is is going to be changed as well because it has to it has to account for uh, supply and demand basically now, right? So yeah, uh, no more no more two thousand dollar cheeses or whatever unless unless it's actually a two thousand dollar cheese. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it should it should it should and no more uh, yeah yeah that 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 stuff is that stuff's all going to get ironed out. Over over the next uh, few um, merchant releases, and you know we're thinking about different different types of agreements that you could make with people. So instead of kind of the guy comes and then you barter with them, right? Uh, so instead you might you might give them something and then have a promise at a later date to receive something, or you might you might receive something and have a promise at a later date to produce um, enough goods for them to come pick up later, and uh, hopefully that'll make That'll make trade more interesting. You'll just have more control over what kind of deals you're making. I mean, there's there still might be some of the shop around stuff where the guys come and just try and peddle stuff on you, like just the random piles of crap they bring. But but in general, you'll get more out of trade if you have more control over what's being brought to you because you're essentially saying what your demand is. Yeah. Um, and people people will be able to bring those things to you, and you'll be able to uh, bring them things that they need because they're going to have have needs now. Uh, that you'll be able to meet because you um, you have control over a lot of um, finished goods and and uh, metals and and gems Many and things. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. Hopefully, coinage will come into play in trade, uh, so that that you could just agree to to pay with coins later on, or you could agree to take coins from somebody uh if 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 there if there isn't some kind of fortuitous uh because they if they demand things and they don't want other things unlike now where they just have a price for everything that's the same everywhere then it's going to be harder for you to meet their demands with items necessarily so uh so coins might might just smooth that whole thing over so i think yeah it should be a lot more rewarding and a lot more useful to to engage with the traders now um because i know a lot of people just find them useless after a point um they just don't they don't have something they want to trade for i mean they're still i mean forts are still kind of self sufficient um that hasn't really changed uh with the with the um with the farming slowly moving over to you know you having to take care of your animals and eventually 
farming itself should be a little more difficult. Uh, then, then, um, and with the, I mean, there, there's a whole monkey wrench being thrown in there with the, the dwarves around your fortress, the whole, the whole, like, dwarves living in the hills and all that kind of thing, uh, later on. But, uh, the, 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 uh, if the, if the self-sufficiency of the fortress isn't guaranteed, or, I mean, it's like you could live self-sufficiently, but then you wouldn't have as many trade goods or something, so you wouldn't be able to, to uh, to engage as much with the with the caravan. So what I'm what I'm getting at is that it should be it should be more fun to to run a fort that isn't self sufficient now, and you should be able to ask for certain things and be able to produce higher quality goods of a certain kind, um, so that people will come to you for them. Yeah. And and you can um you can then kind of become part of the world that way rather than, than being more or less separate from it with these sort of incidental trade relationships. And hopefully that's how it'll turn out. Um, that's what we're going for. And then after that, we're, we're moving on to uh, just cleaning up, cleaning up, adding bugs, uh, adding bugs, yes. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly what we'll be doing. Well, that's, that's what's going on now, and then we'll be fixing bugs. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll be doing that for a while. Uh, because the, uh, there's hardworking bug tracker managers that, uh, need to see some progress over there. And, uh, then, then, then the army arc, which will be the, uh, the second, the second major way that you can become, uh, have your fortress associated to the world. And, uh, you know, not to mention all the, the, the kind of obvious adventure mode stuff that comes out of that. So, it's it, yeah it's 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 finally a um going to be going to be interesting we're doing grasses right now of course but uh but uh it's it's uh we get through the dwarf mode industries then we'll get back to the the um the caravan the caravan editions and and so on so that's uh, yeah there's my ramble for you there you go <laughs> so when are what's is anything happening on like the cultural like, kind of, like, these guys, you know, these guys like to, uh, like to fight people. Or these guys, like, don't like going outside or something. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, 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 it's finally, I mean, I guess we're, we're gonna, there, there hasn't, there hasn't been anything there because there hasn't been a lot to work with, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you could have, you could have in those villages. You could have people saying like, "Well, we're the we're the people that stay inside or whatever." But they're all the people that stay inside right now. <laughs> so, so it's like the more meat we have to work with, which hopefully the caravan arc will be giving us a lot to work with. Uh, then, then the the more we have to do there. I mean, it's it's less excusable in in dwarf mode, of course, where they've been sitting on toys and instruments for like four years <laughs> and uh, not using them for anything. And that's a matter of just finding a finding a time for that when I'm always occupied with all this other stuff. Uh, so yeah, I'm not I'm I, uh, I'm not sure when we'll get to that. When we get to the when we have, I think certainly when we have uh, the caravan stuff we've been talking about with the merchants and and trade all in, and then when we start getting into the army stuff, that's when you finally got. Kind of, a, kind of stark choices and ways of life, kind of sitting sitting in front of you, and there can be a lot of a lot of variation there. Um, but but until then, uh, 
I mean, it's just the way it is now where there's the, the cultural variation amounts to what uh, clothing and um, that's about it with the humans, right? They just wear different stuff. Yep. <laughs> they wear different stuff. They look different. The, uh, the different cultures are drawn from different gene pools, so the people look different. And the, um, the, uh, the clothing is different. That's what we've got now. And, yeah, yeah, there's just not, I mean, as far as I, as far as I can think of it, there's just not enough meat on the bone to do a lot of, a lot of differences. I mean, you could have people that become bandits less often, or you could have people that, that don't send you on, on quests to kill monsters or whatever, but that, that seems kind of, kind of, uh, like it's not that interesting. Yep. So, so until, uh, yeah, until we have more, but we're getting to more. I think, well, I think, I think another thing with that, because of the, um, like, like, in World Gen, you had, you had already in the current version, they have certain materials based on where they live, right? So it's like these people appear to be a culture that lives, uh, off of products from the sea just because that's what they eat and that's what they wear or whatever, right? Yeah. And you have this one that appears to be this way, and this one appears to be this way. Well, it's not. I mean, it's not. It, even even more so now, they're actually doing that. So that 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 kind of thing leads to to differences um, by itself. And and what trade goods they decide to produce. Now there are there are differences between like like right now in World Generation in in the version that hasn't been released. They, they work on building things with the raw materials that they collect. And, I mean, they might work on building things. They can eat, they, they could just be working on raw materials at a, at a given location and then trade them. Or you have, uh, people that work on finished goods and then they get specialization points. So they, they make better goods just because it's, it's something they've been doing. And, so, so you get differentiations that pop up just, just because of the resources that were available and because of the time that they've put into developing a culture surrounding that type of item that you now get differences like you'd be able to go to one town and you would, you would have a lot of silversmiths there or something. Mm-hmm. And then you go to a different town and, and maybe they're just working on textiles. And so that, that's going to be a, a, a big difference and that should lead to, uh, to um, additional additional um, kind of of, of, of uh, alterations in what the towns look like and 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 how, who the people are and and so on that that and just how many how many weapons are available is and, and how many people are available are going to control once we get to the army arc how they how they behave so I think I think it's maybe it isn't quite as depressing an outlook as I originally was was saying i think there there's probably going to be some stuff that's kind of cool yeah what about like the uh the leadership well how what are the first steps you're going to be taking towards making those roles more important that's the that's the army arc i mean the army arc uh as it's stated might as well be called the army and political arc or the the nobles arc or something right Mm because the people there are people driving these actions and that's when that's when we're going to see uh, a lot of the important changes in personality and the changes in in like this guy. It's like right now there's like the lord and the lady in the castle, or the lady in the castle. There's usually just one or the other, right? There's the lord in the castle or the lady in the castle, and they're just there, right? They're just there during world gen. It was like we need a person to sit in this castle and give quests, right? 
and so they assign a person to it. So they're they're more like a um, they're more kind of like a desk worker, or office worker who waits for adventurers to come so that they can send them places. And that that's not how it's going to be, uh, certainly. So each of those people should be concerned with themselves and concerned with what they want out of life, which is which is uh, going to be varied, but generally. Um, they're they're going to to uh, to try and 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 be the, uh, the the most powerful person in the world probably, mm-hmm. and then you'd start to get things like this this town and these villages are associated to this castle, and this person has an alliance with this person in this castle who's associated to these towns and villages, and um and and then you'd you'd have when when they try and 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 have their soldiers will be coming up out of the population and then they will have the the the, the things that they try and do to try and and acquire more of those things or to uh try and secure trade routes and the the types of things that the caravan arc is going to allow us to do since we track all that information now and then uh those each of those people those are those are just single people but they will all have their associated hangers on and and other uh, other positions that 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 become available, so that more people can kind of get pulled into that lifestyle, and then you can have marriages and all that kind of thing. So so it's it's really the army arc that's going to drive the um, that kind of political information, though, where you have where you have kind of a um, you know whatever aristocratic nonsense going on, and um, and personalities like that. I I don't know if the army arc is also going to lead to things like. Um, uh, fellow fellow adventure type people wandering the world, and of course this all relates into dwarf mode. You know, I, I usually fixate on one one mode or the other when I'm talking, right? So uh, that that was that was kind of a, an adventure mode tangent, but the um, those things will all all impact uh, dwarf mode as well, especially when you I mean you you kind of enter into that lifestyle yourself, right? Where you you get a you get your fortress up to the point where you um, where you have a, uh, you're allowed to appoint one of your dwarves as the baron. You kind of obs- get to that, but that 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 should imply that that there's a there's a sort of nobility there, and there there would be there'd be dwarven barons and counts and dukes or whatever we've got now, and the king or yeah. or or you know and and queen or, or or however however the 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 um the world gen turned out. And you, they, they'd be at those, at those different, at those different mountain homes. Right now, it just places the king and the queen, and you're kind of the only baron or count or duke, right? It's sort of sad. Yes. It's like they just wanted a little buddy to be in the nobility with them. <laughs> but you need, you need. Uh, I mean, there should be a whole slew of those things, and then you'd have, you'd have the relationship with the other mountain homes or whatever, and you, you have, um, you know, you might agree with this baron to do something uh, to. Uh, to sort sort of combat the power of 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 a of a, uh, of a different baron that that just found a, a big gold vein or whatever, if gold even lives in veins these days, um, and uh, uh, so 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 there there should be there should be lots of stuff like that coming in with the army arc. That's where we're starting with the army arc, pretty much. I mean, the the other starting point with the army arc is just getting bandits and monsters running around in adventure mode. <laughs> And in dwarf mode, headed towards your your uh, your fortress, or or having uh, having them attack towns uh, and so on, or or waylay travelers rather. Uh, bandits, uh, monsters, and big monsters attacking towns is fine. Like four bandits going into a town isn't really an attack so much as just causing trouble. Uh, but um, 
but th- that that that's another angle. I mean, so I can't say exactly which I'm doing first. Either one of those though leads to more personality. There's uh, there's the 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 bandit leaders being flushed out, the mega beasts finally getting some personality, uh, yeah. and uh, I. But if we start with the larger army stuff, then that's going to start with. Um, that's going to start with a revamp of the political structure so that they can even make decisions. I mean, right now they can't really make decisions because there isn't enough information about who they're making decisions about or what, what kind of, um, what kind of, um, uh, things they, they, they want to do and who they'd attack and what it means to take a place over or whatever. So, um, cause right now the, 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 the world map just kind of has these, these influence areas where all the civilizations are overlapping. That's more of a cultural map. And then there's the, um, but the, the political boundaries aren't, aren't really decided at all. You just have people kind of just all lumped in together and you have some random castle being built by some civilization between two towns of a different civilization or whatever. And that's the kind of thing that just wouldn't stand after, um, after they get to thinking properly about uh, maintaining uh, their own power and making, um, making armies and things so that they can collect more power and making, um, making kind of crucial trade decisions and so on. Uh, so, so that that that's all army arc stuff. Right now, the the we're we're kind of in this. Um, we're starting with the the caravans, and they don't think in the same way. They just they just kind of want to make a good trade or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's not people going going for a for for a larger kind of picture of the world uh, with themselves at the top of it or whatever. So yeah, so that's 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 army arc material. So we should we should actually see that. Um, right when we begin that, whenever that happens. <laughs> so, merchants, bugs, army. That's that's the plan right now. Part of the the caravan arc uh, was was uh, or is. Um, the adventure being able to partake in these these uh, these um, these things, right? Like being able to move from town to town, buying things and selling them, right? And and that necessitated uh, the pack mule, of course, uh, so that you can you can lead lead mules around with with your crap on them to sell in other places. And that implies having animals, right? Having adventure mode animals, so that would go in first. And that's why that's why we're just throwing mounts into this um, into this series of releases, right? Uh, and that's that's going to be that's going to be intriguing and fun, riding around on your horsey and having your pack mule and uh, having your trusty dog companion. And uh, so I suppose you just buy those in a village or town. Anyone who's willing to part with an animal, um, you will be able to secure your animal from these people. And uh, and whatever whatever animal you should choose to secure, and they would be your little buddy, and um, you know they'd have to eat now. You'd have to you'd have to riding a horse. I guess you'd have to stop it every once in a while and and uh, let it let it nibble on things. Um, yep. Or uh, feed it feed it feed it hay and apples and things or whatever horses are happy eating these days, or those days or whenever it was. And uh yeah, so that's another that's another intriguing engagement leading to uh to Captain Tastic's great dream of having a sheep farm. Yeah, sheep farm. Slowly getting there. Slowly getting there. So you'd be able to have sheep, but they'd follow you around. 
and uh, probably probably kill people for you or something. And uh, and then it's a matter of like, uh, when are we going to allow you to uh, to actually farm your sheep and shear your sheep? Because the nice thing is that that you know once we allow shearing of sheep, it's we're almost already there uh, because. Uh, you'd you'd be able to buy and sell at that point um, commodities like that, and you'd have your animals wandering around with you, and you'd just need to kind of be able to keep them in a place, and you'd need to be able to pass time faster. That's kind yeah. of those are kind of the things we're missing for for, for your dream to come to fruition. Um, so, yeah, that's a, the passage of time is the big uh, big question mark. Like, when are we going to be like? I want to pass a season just hanging out in my rented cottage or whatever. And uh, like, you press the button, and then it's like you owe three months rent. Yep. <laughs> oh no. Like also you've... being being able to like do like set up tasks like, you know, I want to build a, this fence, you know, in this area. And then, like, you hit, like, you designate it, then hit a button, and then, like, oh, it, you know, it took you three weeks to make the fence. Yeah, yeah. Kind just of an autopilot kind of thing. That's right. And then you'd have your, you'd have your, your own little environment. And, uh, you know, you might have to deal with the occasional night creature or whatever that comes and steals your sheep. <laughs> it just wanders off with your sheep. You have to go rescue your sheep, I guess, um, the 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 rescue is uh, is something we haven't done. We tried to squeeze that in with night creatures, but couldn't do it because there are there are sometimes in world generation where they they capture they they so they capture a person and then they convert them into a spouse and then they make night creature children right. Yep. These twisted twisted bad peoples, and uh, sometimes during world gen it stops at a point where a person has been captured but they haven't been converted, and so. Um, those people are kind of in a limbo that we didn't really define well. There's no rescue missions, and it's like if you if you if you visit that cave, they I, I'm not sure, but they probably just appear in the cave and then get killed by the monster, because uh, <laughs> the monster doesn't remember what they're there for. So 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 that it'll be like that with your sheep, I guess. You'll you'll rescue your sheep. It's good to rescue your sheep. Um. Yeah, so you'll be you'll be uh, yeah you'll have a you'll have a victorious time, um, trading your sheep and you'll just breed sheep and sell them to people and stuff and then you'll you'll know where your sheep are. It's like these are my sheep. I sold them to three different communities and so on. And people all over the world are wearing my clothes. Sheep sense. That's right. You'll have to you have to brand your clothes. You call them call them something. Um, mines. We were gonna do mines. That's right. Mines nice. is just the very beginning, the very beginning of of adventure mode environments to wander around in. But we really need to get to the ruins and 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 pyramids and things and and um, so that you could you could go to a location and kind of have a proper roguelike game there yeah. <laughs> and, and then leave. <laughs> it's like I just that's had a science. proper roguelike game. Although traps are scarier than they are in. And I mean, like in a roguelike game, generally you'll hit a trap and it'll be like, "Oh no, I lost 11 hit points or whatever." Yeah. But it's it, like, "Oh no, you lost your leg." Yeah, yeah. You just, you just. I mean, it's like all traps will kind of end your life. So you need to, we need to, we need to handle that responsibly to kind of yep. give you time to escape them or tell you what's going on or something. Um, that's going to be important. 
And, uh, yeah, so that'll be fun. Markets, fairs, merchants. I'm just reading through the list now. Adding all the village furniture, making their houses look nicer and giving them their work. and knives. That's right. You need, you need silverware. And we've got that stuff now. The only people who have it are night creatures. So it's like you go to. I know. They all attack you with carving forks and stuff, and no one in town has a carving fork. Where'd they get it from? Did they make it? I guess. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, so so that'll be explained properly by having that thing. And uh, inns. Inns, 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 inns. Inns are good. Um, so that you can stay in town, so that people... I mean, you won't just be able to bum in people's houses necessarily all the time. Uh, they, should, they should have a reason to... Uh, to have you stay in the, in the house. Although, I mean, right now they're just being nice about it because uh, staying outside at night is, is certain death unless you can, can kill boogeymen uh, properly, uh, which is difficult. So, so I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting when you add things like that to the nighttime because it sort of changes the ethics that you want your people to have, right? Because if you don't let someone stay in your house, you're kind of a murderer yep. after a fashion. Uh in an indirect way, but uh, so 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 I mean, would an inn exist in a in a in a culture like that, uh, where people are are have to pay to stay someplace uh, to stay alive? Um, maybe maybe well, I guess there'd just be more like stables, or there'd be like these little um, like kind of like bus stops, just little shacks where people yeah. could stay, just shacks scattered all over the place along the road. Um, I think shacks in like nature. Some like nature trails, or it's like it's just kind of like a shack. You like go in and sign the guest book, and you just stay there the night. Yeah, yeah. I guess those would be all over the place because it's like you don't have to worry just like like the occasional bear is going to come eat you or something. It's like you are going to die. <laughs> so you have them everywhere. Maybe people would. I mean, I guess that would spur the technological innovations leading toward uh, collapsible shacks that you carry in your backpack or whatever. Like a tent. Tent. I don't know. So we don't know what the boogeyman think about tents. Does it count? Does it not count? Hmm. And what's inside? Because they, 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 they disappear when you're inside. Yep. So can you just cup your hands over your head? Use an umbrella? Yeah, it's hard to say. Hard to say what counts. Um, so, so we'll, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to think about that. I mean, it's one of those, one of those things with the, with having a computer game is you always have to sort crap out instead of just hand waving. Um, so, so we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to deal with that. Uh, other big things coming up uh, with the mounts uh, is the move combat speed split, which is incredibly important. So it's like, uh, right now cheetahs aren't fast because if they were fast, then they could quickly kill you too. Because they, they run up to you and then they get like seven attacks, you're one, and then it's over with, right? Um, so that that's, that's the big thing that's going to come with mounts because you don't want mounts to be able to do the same thing. So that's yeah that that'll that'll be really big and that'll that'll allow us to do all kinds of things we wanted to do with um, with attack speed and so on so that different attacks can go different speeds uh, that kind of thing so that'll 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 add a uh, a much larger kind of tactical element to when you're fighting uh, be interesting and then there's uh, jogging running and sprinting and stuff. Uh, which also comes with mounts having having them move at speeds, and so just having the the, the speed available to us like that will be very convenient. Yep. Uh, all kinds of cool stuff coming there. Jumping. Jumping. Jumping's more difficult, of course, because uh, it's not difficult to do 
for the adventurer, what's difficult is the uh, pathfinding for other people who want to do it. When you yep. when you escape from people by jumping <laughs> over a little a little one tile river or something, uh, not that those exist necessarily all the time or anywhere. Um, you could, uh, you know, you you want them to have the same advantages in life that you do, <clears throat> but 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 if it's just if it's just like instead of uh, necessarily enemy evasion jumping, but just more ex- exploration jumping and climbing, where you do get the the um, enemy evasion benefits, but it's more for like the ruins and stuff where you'd be kind of um, going or caves where you'd be kind of exploring them and using a lot of jumping and climbing, then I don't feel so bad about adding it before others are capable of understanding how to do it. Um, and then then you can have a lot of fun jumping and, and failing to land properly and falling off a three-tile cliff in a ruin or whatever, and then having to climb up a pillar to get out again or whatever, but your leg's broken, all that kind of thing. You know, the yeah. kind of stuff people consider fun. Um, so that should be... Uh, that should be uh, yeah, so so I I don't know. I, of course, I don't know what I'm doing now. It's on the dev page though. <laughs> but that's uh, that's um, yeah. So so yeah, I guess I don't need to to tackle the pathfinding uh, stuff necessarily. Cause that'd be a hassle. They'd suddenly need to look like, well, can I go? It's like I might not be able to move one tile, but can I move two tiles? <laughs> yep. And then that becomes very inconvenient. Well, I'm back to help do credits at this point. <laughs> we are, we are, we thank you. Thank you. We're very grateful for you listening and for playing Dwarf Fortress and for contributing to the community and for donating to Tarn and his pocketbook and making sure he doesn't get bankrupt. That's right. And making sure Rain Seeker has a job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't have a job, but, but I want one. That's right. So it'd be good. <laughs> and you can send donations to Tarn and then he'll take the money and he'll laugh at me. <laughs> that's how it works. Um and we we uh because we 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 want all of the money to go there. That's right, it goes straight to the belly and then from the belly to the game. Um so <laughs> then we have uh we have uh Olier to thank for the music. Yay Olier. And Malox to thank for the transcript. Thank you Malox. And I'm wondering how he's going to handle some of my sound effects. That's right, and, and um, all the people that ask questions, we could always use um, more questions, even though we have questions we haven't asked. Well, Thanks to my sister, who did create some music, too. That's right, um, that's right. And uh, Emily Menendez. And then other people also, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, there are other people to thank. I thank myself. I'm really glad that I came and that I did this. We should thank Captain, too, then. We thank uh, you, Captain. He's not here to thank himself. He'll he'll say you're welcome. We'll edit that in. Okay, we'll edit that in. I have to get him to remember to say you're welcome, or I'll have to search for a your and a welcome, and then glue them together. Be like, you're welcome, and, and then then, <laughs> and then have him say something else abstract. <laughs> well, it's all abstract with Captain. Nor, you are an amazing <laughs> person. <laughs> That's right. You should only do that to people when you have their permission. So we'll also have to remember to get permission to. <laughs> do horrible things to Captain Tastic's audio. All right, it'll be fun. So okay, well, uh, thanks everybody, and uh, make sure you give your little kitty there a pat for us. That's right, everybody, everywhere, pet your animals. 
on your tummy tums. Tummy tums. Tummy tums for a big lordy boy. All right, can you hang on one second? I can. One second. There is a little boy named Baby Scamps. He is the smallest cat. He's got stripes and spots and claws and fur and whiskers and two ears. No tail.
And um, and who's this boy sitting on my keyboard? Is this what I wanted out of life, Mr. Scamps? Come on, mister. Be a good cat. Who's a little misbehaving boy? Whoa, there goes the CDs. <laughs> oh, well, look, there goes the source code. Yeah, copies, anyway. Mr. 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 This is not an appropriate behavior. We're going to have to train you. Use little doggy bells. Bing, 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 bing. Now you salivate whenever you hear the bell. Be quiet in your bed or the goblins will get you.